John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 46. We have started a little mini-series for the next couple weeks. It's going to take us up until Thanksgiving, and we're going to be looking at uh, the miracles of Jesus in the book of John. Uh, Last week we talked about the miracle where Jesus had turned water into wine, and this week we are uh, talking about a miracle where Jesus heals an official's son who is sick. John chapter 4, verse 46. I put five on the screen. It's chapter 4. My apologies. I had had fat fingers. John chapter 4, verse 46. So today we're talking about a different miracle. These first couple miracles are, are a little tougher than some of the later ones for me because it leads to a lot of questions that, that I have because there's a lot of things that, that kind of, I won't say don't make sense to me, but I'd like to know more details, I guess would be a good way to put it. We see a lot of things in the, in the text we looked at last week uh, with the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine and the interaction between Jesus and his mother and, and the interaction between Jesus and the servants and exactly some of the details. I want to know more details. Now, I believe that Jesus turned water into wine. That is not question. We clearly see that in the text. But even in the text today that we look at, I wish we had more details, but God has given us what we need to know, and so we don't want to miss the point of the text either way, and that is that Jesus is still in the miracle business. I will encourage you guys as we go through these texts and learn about these miracles that you go through and you read them for yourself. Most of them are short little passages of Scripture, and I would encourage you to take a few minutes and just sit down in the quiet and to read through them and to pray. And, and you may be like me. It may, it may get you asking a lot of questions. I wonder what Mary was thinking. I wonder what Jesus was thinking. I wonder what the disciples were thinking. Now, those are questions that we don't have answers to. Those are things that we can only wonder with. But, but a lot of times in reading God's Word and kind of digging in and trying to figure out what it says, it causes us to reflect on our life. And so there may be certain things that you get out of a text, whether it's these texts about the miracles or any other text I preach on, that in reading it on your own time, God may reveal something different to you than what we talk about on Sunday mornings. He may reveal something going on in your life that we don't hit on. So it's always a good good practice for you to get into in reading God's Word. And in particular with this text today, I think it would be helpful because I think there may be some areas that maybe God could reveal things to you in your life that maybe we won't cover today. So we'll read through the text and then we'll jump right in there. John chapter 4, verse 46. Then he went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son, for he was about to die. Jesus told him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, Come down before my son dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his slaves met with him, excuse me, met him saying that his boy was alive. He asked them at what time he got better. Yesterday at seven in the morning. The fever left him, they answered. The father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. Then he himself believed along with his whole household. 
This, therefore, was the second sign Jesus performed after he came from Judea to Galilee. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for this text. And God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would would lead God uh, as we read and try to understand. Because God, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of things in this text that, 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 that I just don't quite understand or wish we had more details. But dear Lord, just let your word be good to us. Let it speak to us. Help us to get what we need to get out of this text today so that you will be glorified. Help our minds to be clear, dear Lord, of things of this world that shouldn't be there. Help us to be focused on you, dear Lord. And I pray that we would leave this place uh, drawing closer to you, that you would, you would speak to our heart, and that you would cause a change in our life, God, if there needs to be some change. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. So here we have set the scene. We already have Jesus by this point. He had done some miracles, and people had probably heard what Jesus had done. Word had traveled, and so here we have Jesus who is in the miracle business. There are people who are sick. There are people, in this case, with family members who are sick, and they are all trying to find Jesus. That's why we see large crowds around Him all throughout the Scripture. We see large crowds of people following Jesus, everybody just wanting to touch Him, wanting Him to speak to Him, wanting Him just to say the word so that they could be healed of whatever they were struggling with, and that's the scene that we see here. Then he went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. Now, what we have here is not just some ordinary person. This is a royal official. This is someone who would have had power, probably wealth, and probably would have had access to some of the best doctors in the land at the time. But this royal official, he, in all of his power and everything that he can do and any of his wealth he had and any of the relationships he might have had with local doctors, we don't see that this person of power seeking out any of those people. This royal official goes and seeks out the Lord because he knew that it was only Jesus who had the power to heal his son. To heal his son of whatever sickness that he was suffering with, he knew that it was only Jesus who had the power to heal him. And it's the same for you and I today. It is only Jesus who has the power to heal us in our situations. And some of you may be saying, well, I'm not sick. Well, in this particular passage, we're talking about healing a physical illness, but, but we're talking about spiritual healing here for a second. Jesus is able to heal whatever we need healing with in our life. Perhaps it is something that we struggle with that we're worried about. There's some worry there that's just eating away at us and we just don't know how to deal with it. Perhaps it's a sin that we're dealing with. Perhaps it's an anger issue that we're dealing with. Perhaps it's some hate that we have that we're dealing with. And there are these things that we are, that we are sick with in our sinfulness or in our worries or in our struggles that we deal with. And Jesus is able to heal those things. There's nobody else that can heal them. We can't go to, we can't go to some kind of psychic and they're not going to give us the answers of what we're going to do that's going to change our future. We can't even go to the doctor while the doctors are good. Even, even uh, psychiatrists and counselors, while I'm not saying it's bad to go to those people for help, but what I'm saying is Jesus is the ultimate help that we will find. Jesus is the one who will bring us through. It's okay if you need to go see a counselor. It's okay if you need to take medication. But our trust should not be in the things of this world. Our trust should be in Jesus Christ. We should go to Jesus Christ for our healing, and that is where 
where we will find rest. That is where we will find peace. That is where we will find guidance and strength to get us through whatever it is on our journey that's keeping us down. But there's something important that we need to realize in this passage, and that is that this man went to Jesus. We have to go to Jesus with our problems. He had to leave from one town and go to another town where Jesus was to seek Jesus out for healing for the situation that his son had going on. And so it is for us. We have to seek Jesus out. Sometimes we like to sit and we like to just moan and groan and say, oh, oh, uh, my life's just so bad and nothing's working out and I've been going to church and I read my Bible. And maybe you are doing all those things, but are you seeking God? Because I can tell you from experience, it's possible to come to church and not seek God. But what this man did was he began to seek out the Lord. Are you seeking out the Lord in your circumstances? We were watching the movie last night, uh, God's Not Dead Too, and one of the lines of the movie is, while, while prayer should be the first thing that we do, oftentimes it's the last thing that we do. And we know it in our mind, like we have a, 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 a mental knowledge to know that we should go to the Lord. But for some reason, it seems like the devil, he always keeps us sidetracked and keeps us so worried and, and, and just burdened down with sin that we know we should go to the Lord, but sometimes it takes us time to go there. But if, we're, if we want healing in our life through our struggles, through our situations, through our worries, through our pains, through our sickness, through our sinfulness, it is the Lord Jesus Christ who will heal us, but we must go to Him. It's not that He doesn't know that you are sick, but God's Word says that we need to seek the Lord while He may be found. And so if you're in the middle of a struggle today, then we need to follow the example of this royal official to know that help can be found in nowhere else but the Lord, but we must seek Him for that help. Verse 47, When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him, to come down and heal his son, for he was about to die. He didn't just go and ask, but he pleaded with the Lord. This was a serious thing. This was important to him. It doesn't say that he got on his knees and pleaded. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But that's in my mind as I'm kind of playing through this text and kind of imagining how it took place. I can just imagine this royal <laughs> official, a man who was probably a man of some power. Obviously, he was in a royal office and he come before the Lord and he was begging, possibly on his knees and he was laying down before the Lord or standing up, whatever it was, and he was begging the Lord, please, dear Lord God, Help me through this situation. How many times do we really, I'm talking about really seek the Lord. I'm talking about with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul, seek the Lord to help us or to help those who we are praying for. How many times do we really get serious about it? Let me tell you what I mean. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Like, I'm talking about, like, you feel like you need to pray for somebody, and it's late at night, and you're tired, and you kind of go through this quick prayer, and you're like, all right, God, help me get through this, and help me to do better, dear Lord, and help this other person. But the whole time you're praying, you're thinking about something else. You're thinking, i got to hurry up, because it's only a commercial break in the ball game, and my team's about to be on, and I want to see them score. Or you're thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. Or you're thinking about all these things. Or you fall asleep in the middle of your prayer. I'm talking about 
not that kind of seeking the Lord. I'm not talking about just saying words for the sake. Oh, God, help me to do everything. I'm going to keep living my life the way I want to, but you just bless me anyway. I ain't talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about earnestly seeking the Lord. I'm talking about focusing on Him, blocking everything out, kneeling before the Lord, and begging the Lord, and saying, God, here is where I am. I am before you. There is no one else I can turn to. You are almighty. You are faithful. You are good. You are powerful. God, help me in all of your power and all of your grace and mercy. God, be with me. God, deliver me. God, help me through this circumstance. How many times do we just kind of flippantly go to the Lord and not get serious with Him? What we need to do is be serious with the Lord. Those things that are serious to us, we need to be serious with the Lord and go to Him with the respect and the reverence and the honor that He is worthy of. I think that's what we see the royal official doing in these verses that we look at here. Verse 48, Jesus told him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now this is one of those verses that's kind of kind of kind of tough for me to understand because obviously it would appear that the royal official had faith. After all, he came to Jesus. He wasn't asking for a sign or wonder. He was simply just asking for his son to be healed. Maybe there were other people around. Maybe Jesus was talking about the other people there. Maybe there were others who were watching Jesus and he knew Jesus knew everybody's thoughts. He knew their hearts. And we know clearly from the text that there were many people who just wanted to see signs and wonders, show us some more signs and wonders. Do this thing, do that thing, Jesus, and we'll believe. But guess what? Many of them didn't believe. Maybe he was addressing a thought that was in the minds of some others who were there. Maybe he was addressing some doubt in the royal official himself. Maybe in his, his belief, there was some disbelief. It reminds me of the other story in the Bible that's very similar to this one, where a centurion came before Jesus. And he said, Jesus, I want you to do this if you can. And Jesus said, if I can. Jesus said, if you believe, anything is possible. And the man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe that's what was going on with the royal official here. Maybe it was a similar instance. Maybe, maybe he believed Jesus could do it, but there was still a little doubt even in the midst of his belief. And maybe it's the same way for us in our life today. Maybe we're, we're just like that. I, I, I have to repeat those words a lot in my prayers. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because while I know God can do anything and I pray for some things... I don't always have enough faith. There's still some doubt. I'll pray about something. I'll be like, God, I know you can do it. I got faith in you. And then I, I get through praying. I'm like, I don't know if God can do that or not. I was like, man. It's like I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe some of you guys struggle with the same thing. Maybe we need to heed those words that the, that the man, the centurion man said in Scripture. Maybe when we look at this verse that Jesus was saying here, that'll recall that to our mind that we need to reflect on our own lives. And realize, are we looking for the Son of God who gave His life for us to, to give everything so that we can be forgiven? Or maybe some of you are out here and you're in that skeptical group. And you're saying, well, if God's so good, why don't He just do this? If God's so good, why don't He just do that? I'll tell you this, God is so good and I'll tell you what He did. He gave Jesus. There is no other sign that we can look for. If you're looking for another sign... 
Today, I'm here to tell you, look no further than the Bible. Look no further than Jesus Christ. There is no other sign. There is no greater sign that God could give. God has given the best that He can give. And so let us not be guilty of those that Jesus is addressing in this verse, looking for a sign when Jesus Himself is a sign. Jesus Himself is the miracle that we need to bring us grace and mercy in our life. He could have been talking uh, about the, uh, the family of this man, who later on, the slaves that he talks about when he gets back and the son is healed, and it says that the whole household believed. Maybe Jesus knew that. Maybe Jesus is being a little prophetic here, and he's saying, look, this is what it's going to take for all of you to believe fully. Can you imagine the, 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 the thoughts of these servants and these who were with this boy who everybody thought was going to die? And then instantly in a moment, he was, he was back to full health again with no problems. Let's read a little further. Verse 48, Jesus told him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Again, the official was getting to the point he was serious about what he wanted Jesus to do. He was genuinely concerned for his son and for his son's health. And he didn't, he didn't even comment on what Jesus said about the signs and wonders. He just kind of skipped right over that and said, But Jesus, please come and heal my son. And this is what Jesus did. Jesus told him in verse 50, Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. That's some faith right there. I believe that this royal official very much had some faith. First off, he went to seek out Jesus. He begged and he pleaded with Jesus. He continued to ask Jesus, even though Jesus didn't initially say, I'm going to do it. And when Jesus said go, he got up and he went. He didn't say, but Jesus, I need you to come back with me. But Jesus, how do I know it's going to be true? But Jesus, what if my son's still sick? Jesus said go, and the man got up and went. Now that's some strong faith that he had. Think about your faith for a second. Reflect in your life. Think about what if Jesus has told you to do something? What if Jesus calls you to something? What if the Lord lays something on your heart to do? Are you going to have enough faith to do it? Or not? You know what I wish I could say? I wish I could say that every time the Lord has told me to do something in my life, that I just got up and I went, and I didn't think nothing about it, and I just, bam, I was on my way, and I had all the faith in the world. But that's not true for me, and it's probably not true for you guys either. Because a lot of times, God will put opportunities in our path. God will put things in our life. God will open doors for us. God will call us to a certain person. He'll call us to a certain place. He may call us into ministry or in service or in some way. And we say, are you sure, God? Are you sure you don't mean somebody else? Surely you don't mean me, God. Surely I'm not the person you want to do this. God, this person's not going to listen to me. God, I'm not cut off to go out to go to another country and be a missionary. I'm used to electricity and power. Then people don't have anything. God, surely you're not talking about me. Sometimes we do that. God will call us to do something or to, or to minister to some person or call us to some uh, area of service and we just hem and haw. We question, well, did I really hear from God? You know why? Because we don't want to do it. 
Because we're afraid it may inconvenience us. And so we try to come up with all these excuses so we don't have to put ourselves in the danger zone, so we don't have to worry about telling somebody about Jesus and they coming back and just telling us what we are and calling us hypocrites and we don't want to go serve in the mission field because it would, it would just be too tough for us. We don't want to be a pastor if God calls us to it because it's just it's a tough life and, and it's no fun to be a pastor and all these things. I use that example because I did that for years. I tried to convince God that He didn't call me but guess what? Duh, he did. And finally, you just got to give in to what God calls you to do. And I'll tell you, if you don't, if God calls you to do something and you don't do it, you're going to be miserable and you may miss out on a blessing as a result of it. What if the man wouldn't have left? What if Jesus would have said, your son is healed and the man would have kept on him and hawing? I don't know. Would his son still have been healed when he had gotten home? Would he have not got the blessing of his son being healed because his faith would have been weak? I don't know. The text doesn't tell us. But I can say that I believe that that's true for us. If there is something that God calls us to do and we don't do it, we are missing out on sharing the love of Jesus Christ with someone who may need to hear it. And it's tough. But when God calls us to something then we need to be ready to go. We need to take those words. If God says go, then we need to go. And we just need to trust Him. And you say, well, that's easy for you to say. You don't know what God's calling me to do. I don't know what God's calling you to do. I think about David Eubanks. He had a heart. He heard about what was going on for the people in Burma years ago. He's, he's over the Free Burma Rangers. Most of you probably know who they are. They go into Burma. They help people who are getting displaced. And he saw what was going on. And he was praying, God, what do you want me to do? God, how can I help these people? And God told him to go. And guess what he did? He went. And guess what God did? He's blessed him. He's blessed the group that goes over there because they are there. They are living for the Lord. They are following the Lord's lead. They are trusting in the Lord, even in the midst of a danger zone. And they're bringing bringing hope and love and help to a people who need it. That's what happens when we go. But when we sit in the pew and we say, God, it's not me. I'm not good enough. I can't do it, God. Somebody else, you need to let somebody else do it. Maybe God's not calling somebody else. He's calling you. So let us have the faith of the royal official. And that is when God calls us to something, when we pray for something and God answers it and God says, bam, this is it. I've done it then we need to have faith that it's done. We don't need to question the Lord. It may not happen as quick as we want it to happen, but we need to know that it is happening. If God says it, then we need to do it, and God's going to take care of it. The man had no way of, of checking. He had no way of knowing that his son was taken care of, but he had faith that the Lord was taking care of it. It's the same for us. When we, when we offer up a prayer before the Lord and we bring a request to God, there are some of our requests that in our lifetime we may never get to see that those things were fulfilled. It may be somebody in another state, in another country, that we'll never see again in our life, but that we're praying for. We're praying for something going on in their life. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's that they would come to know the Lord. And we may never in our life get to see that. We may never get word of that. But we can know that God hears our prayers. And whether we're there to see it or not, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Because guess what? Jesus said, your son is going to live. And he got there, and sure enough, the son had been healed. So don't get discouraged and think, well, God's not answering my prayers. He may be answering your prayers. He may just not be doing it in the time that you want Him to. But you keep on praying. You keep on taking it to the Lord. And you keep on having faith and trust to know that the Lord is doing what He can do.
Verse 51. While he was still going down, his slaves met him saying that his boy was alive. He asked them at what time he got better. Yesterday at seven in the morning, the fever left him. They answered, the father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. Then he himself believed along with his whole family. Boy, that's awesome to see when God is at work. When God does something mighty, it has a change in our life. It has a change in the people's lives who are around us, or at least it should have a change. And that's what it should be for us. We should be living for the Lord so much, Christians, as individuals as a, and as a church, that we are having an impact for this world, that people are seeing a love in us that they're not seeing in other places because there is no other place that there can be true love except for in Jesus Christ. We should be living in a way that people see that there is something special going on there, that when people see our lives, that they don't applaud us and say, look at them, they're such good super Christians, but that they give glory to God and they say, wow, that is a miracle. Look at him, look at her. I knew how they used to live. They used to be wild as could be. They used to say they hated the Lord. They used to not even believe there was a God. And look at them. Now they're praising the Lord. Now they're loving people. Now they're taking care of people. Now they're not being selfish, but they're putting the needs of others before the needs of themselves. Look at that miracle. And when people can see how the Lord has worked in our life, then it will help us lead others to that same glorious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we have experienced. It will help lead others to that same grace that we have experienced. Jesus didn't even go to, the, to see the official son, but Jesus still was at work. Even though he didn't go, he was still there and the miracle was still being done. Sometimes in life when we go through things and we ask God for things, we feel like, God, why aren't you doing it now? And we may even feel like God's not listening, that God's not near, that our prayers aren't making it to God, that somehow God's far away and God doesn't know what's going on in our life. But even if you don't see God walk through the door, even if you don't see Him with your visual eyes, you can know that God is right there and that God is just as powerful whether, he is, whether you can see Him or not. He can still do a mighty work. Jesus didn't even go to the guy's house, but this man's son got healed. And the same Jesus that healed this man's son, the same Jesus that did all the miracles that we see in the Bible, is the same Jesus that we serve. And we don't see Jesus walking into our house when we ask Him for something, but it's through Him that everything that we ask can be done. And so you know this, if you're bringing something before the Lord, if you're seeking the Lord and you feel like, I can't get out of this rut, I'm in this situation, you are not alone. The Lord is right there with you. And the same Lord and Savior that healed this boy is the same Lord and Savior that we serve. So continue to lift your prayers up to Him. Let's pray. God, we come to you today and we thank you for, for these good verses. And there's a lot of, a lot of little nuggets of, of, of good stuff in these verses that we looked at today. And I pray that your word would help us to reflect in our own life. To ask the tough questions. To look at our own self and say, God, are we, are we coming to you when we have a problem? I'm talking about really seeking you, dear Lord. Maybe there are some in here that aren't doing that. I pray that you would reveal that to them today. That they just need to seek you. That they just need to come to you with their problems, dear Lord. That we just need to, to sometimes plead with you, dear Lord, and just give you all we got. God, I pray that when you answer our prayers, when you answer our requests, dear Lord, help us to know that it's in your time, it's not in our time, so help us to be patient. 
God, if you call us to something, if you tell us to go, then God, help us to go. Help us to do whatever it is, whether it's, whether it's go across the world or whether it's go down the street. Whatever it may be, dear Lord, for your service, help us to be obedient to do what you call us to do. And help us to have faith, dear Lord, to know that you are right here with us, that you have not abandoned us, that you hear our pleas, that you hear our calls, that you hear our cries, that you hear our prayers, dear Lord. So give us the strength of encouragement, God, when, when things aren't happening quite as quick as we want to. God, your time is best, but help us to be patient so we can let your will play out the way that you want, us, want it to do. And God, I pray that if there's one in this room that has not accepted Jesus Christ, maybe they're just struggling in sin, or, or, or maybe there are some who are in here and they have accepted Jesus Christ, and there's just these things that they're carrying with them. I pray, God, today that they would give those things to you. I pray, God, that, that the one who is in here that has not accepted Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit would just... just just smack them in the head today and help them just to get it. So they're like, whoa, God, you, I'm, I've been missing you all these years, dear Lord. So if there's one in this room that has not accepted Jesus, that you would get their attention today, God, that they would come and they would give their life to you as we sing today, dear Lord. I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.